0: When you're there, click on the podcast button. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. Lastly, the best way to keep up with our programs and trips is to join our email newsletter. And you can do that at jmbnews.com. Hello, folks, and welcome back to the Jack Mountain Bushcraft Podcast. This is episode number 23. Um, Tim Smith here, and I'm sitting down today with... Uh, ben Spencer, one of our field school instructors. And we are going to talk all about uh, veterans and using the GI Bill and a lot of the questions that come up um, by guys who are using the GI Bill. So how are we doing today, Ben?
1: Doing excellent. excellent. Very excited to talk to veterans. I'm a veteran myself. I came and uh, I took all the uh, all the courses using the GI Bill. And so I think I can speak a little bit to... Uh, to our veterans here and make sure everybody's set up for success before they show up.
0: Yes, which is awesome. Uh, Just a little bit of background. We've been working with the VA now. I think we're in year, we're either in year six. uh, I think it's year six. Um, And in that time, we've worked with a lot of, of students on the GI Bill. And I think we've had every service represented. Actually, I don't know if we've had anybody on the Coast Guard but definitely we have, we have. Yeah. okay um, yeah so we've had every service uh, well nobody from the Salvation Army that's true or old Navy that's true <laughs> but um, yeah it's been it's been very fun very enlightening and very educational for us and and I feel super fortunate to have been as part of the staff on board because that is a world um, that he knows and understands and it's one that that I don't. Uh, you know, I'm learning as I go, but was never never served in the military. So, so a lot of the issues that come up, I think uh, you're much more better able to deal with and just have more of an insight into what's going on than I do. We certainly hope so. <laughs> uh, cool. So we're going to break down today into a, a couple of big picture topics. Um, one, we want to talk about what to do if you're interested in participating in our program before the course. So how to get the information that you need mm-hmm. in order to successfully navigate um, the GI Bill and and put it to work for you. And secondly, we're going to talk a little bit about the course culture. So, you know, what takes place when you arrive in Masardis?
1: And I think it's useful to note that a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about today um, is already available on the website as the the information is and so just so everybody knows if you log on to our website which is jackmtn.com right up at the top you'll see a bunch of drop down menus if you scroll over to details and you go down to financial aid scholarships and the gi bill under that the second and third tab there are gi bill and the vocational rehab benefits um, there's a lot of good information about this stuff um, for veterans specifically um, about dealing with the v a um, there's a frequently asked questions section that 's really uh, helpful so um, definitely you know listen through the podcast but also check out um, those resources because there 's a lot of good information on there for everybody yeah, definitely um,
0: so <clears throat> We're not going to walk you through nuts and bolts, everything about the GI Bill. The point of the podcast is more to talk about issues that have come up over and over again that that maybe they're representing gaps in the information that we currently have. But, and definitely a few of the myths that are out there. So, some of the issues that guys have had with, with the VA, with the GI Bill. Um, number one, you know, how much... How how long I guess uh, of remaining GI benefit B, GI bill benefits does a person need in order to participate in a program such as ours? So there was uh, you know I would say rumor would you would, would you classify it as I a think, rumor? Yeah,
1: <laughs> maybe that's fair to say.
0: There was a rumor going around and and guys would talk about it, saying that if you had only one day of remaining GI bill benefits, then you could go sign up for some you know eleven month crazy program that they would fund the entire thing and this past semester spring 17 we got uh documentation that that just isn't the case mm-hmm. so um essentially you need to have uh, gi Bill benefits long enough to cover more than half of any course that you would take mm-hmm. and this we had a guy uh, this past year great guy who who learned that the hard way um that he didn't have uh, quite enough benefits to cover half of our program. So they only covered a very short bit of it. So, yeah. And so go ahead.
1: if, uh, so what we're saying here is if you, um, like the GI bill is based on time, right? I think you've got, if you're a full, you've got 36 months to play with. If you come to Jack mountain and you have three days left on your GI bill and you, um, and let's say you sign up for the course, th- Um, what I believe happens is that the VA will pay for those three days of the course and then you're going to be responsible for the rest of the nine weeks, which is a big chunk of time. The reason for that is that we are not a degree issuing institution.
0: We're, yeah, we're a vocational training center for guide training and outdoor leadership.
1: Right. So it may be different if you want to go to a college and enter a degree program. If you have three days left the va may cover that um again like the va is a big um pretty complicated system it takes a long time for anything to happen and you know we can't speak to every single individual case everybody's different everybody's handled different through the va um you know it's a big it's a big system um but it's important to know that like if you if you don't have nine weeks left um you may not be able to get the full course There are, you know, a lot of other avenues to explore, but again, we can't speak to to every single case. That's a little bit outside of the the scope of the discussion this morning.
0: Right. Um, Second thing on the list is uh, vocational rehab, and we have a lot of students, um, we've had several uh, attend our programs using vocational rehab benefits, and that's the Chapter 31 um, benefits. Um, But there are certain things that need to happen in order for those to be used successfully. And we're learning more about this as we go. Um, But this past year, we had a student who wanted to save his GI Bill benefits, use vocational rehab instead. And when he met with his vocational rehab counselor, um, the counselor said, basically, in that situation, they always want the individual to use the GI Bill benefits until they're exhausted and then use vocational rehab benefits. Um, similarly, uh, along the same line, if you're interested in using vocational rehab benefits, the way it works is that you go and meet with a counselor and you develop a plan as to what the job at the end of the pipeline is going to be. And then you figure out the best way to get to that point where that job is a reality. So. This process takes time. You know, what what we've had in the past, someone would try to jump on a course, you know, a week before the semester starts and say they were going to use vocational rehab. And, and you know, it's that's just not really plausible. It, you know, that's a process you should start six months, a year in advance because it takes time, you know, multiple meetings with, with your counselor, uh, takes time to draw out a plan and all those things. And, and vocational rehab, it's a one- uh, it's a one-to-one thing, meaning each each uh, program um, that gets designed is, is individual and specific to that person and what they want to accomplish. So GI Bill is like painting with a big, broad brushstrokes. You get programs approved in advance, and then you can go and participate in those programs. But with vocational rehab, you have to design each program because they're all individual. So mm-hmm. the process takes time. If it's something you're interested in, start it way, way in advance.
1: And I think that's that's the big thing here, you know, like, um, you know, we understand that, like, some people find out about our program pretty late in the game um, and they want to come up as soon as possible. And that's great. And, you know, I know, Tim, you've worked with people to make that happen successfully, um, you know, for the past few years. And that's okay. Um, But I think the key here is. You need to communicate with the VA yourself. You need to understand what you're entitled to. You need to log onto the websites. You need to call the VA. Like, understand what you can and can't do before you sign up for this program. Um, because when you send in our information, or when you send in your information and we pass that on to the VA, um, it's not a done deal yet. Like, a lot of times, what's happened is people send us all their information. They don't understand what they're entitled to. We pass that information on to the VA and then they come back four or five weeks into a course and say, oops, like this person's not entitled to X, Y, or Z. Um, and so that becomes a problem. Um, but that can be, you know, we we can totally avoid that situation by, by doing these things in advance, like plan in advance, you know, contact the VA, take care of all that stuff.
0: Right. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty good system it works it's worked yeah. for the vast majority of guys but there are always occasional hiccups where yeah. someone maybe had thought they had a certain amount of benefits and maybe they had less than they originally thought or yeah. less time or less of a percentage and we are in addition to being a school we are a, a small business and if the VA doesn't cover a hundred percent of the tuition the student then has to pay for that out of their own pocket That's and, right. and that can be you know, a little bit of a slap in the face when, you know, it's week five of a nine-week course and someone gets a letter saying that, you know, in actuality, they don't have the benefits they thought they did. And uh, it, the more we can do to avoid that from happening, the better. Yeah. And like Ben says, it's all about st- starting uh, way in advance and finding out exactly what you're entitled to yeah. um, and going that route. Cool. So along those lines, along the lines of planning things way in advance, um your BAH, your your housing allowance, yeah. um, we have a lot of guys who show up with, they spend all their money on the gear for the course, and then they show up without any money in their pocket at all, and that's not a great plan, um, mm-hmm. just because sometimes it takes, uh, maybe it's week five before people get their first BAH, or housing allowance check, mm-hmm. so then for those first, you know, four weeks, guys don't have any money to buy groceries, or you know, anything really. Mm -hmm. And, and by planning ahead, by having some money saved up going into the program, then, you know, if we're out, if we're driving to a put in on a canoe trip or something and uh, somebody wants to get a cup of coffee or something like that, like, great, no problem. Mm -hmm. But, you know, not a great plan to show
1: up with zero, zero dollars. Yeah. You can't, you can't count on the BAH for a few reasons. Um, and I don't know, I don't know what it is right now. Um, I'm not going to quote a number. You can find all that information online. Um, and it changes frequently. Um, but yeah, just do not count on that. Um, if you have zero dollars in your account and you come up, it's, it's going to be hard for you. And like financial stress, is really going to take away from your experience of the course like you just can't focus on stuff if you're worried about what's getting taken care of at home or how the bills are going to get paid or how you're going to you know whether or not you're going to have to just eat rice for the whole week um that's stressful um also like a lot of our courses like i think we started april 17th for the spring course this year and so maybe that first check is like only half of that month right or maybe maybe um you know, the paperwork's delayed, you know, that's, that happens a lot. So when we send in the paperwork to the VA, it all goes to them in one envelope, all the students for the course, everybody, it gets passed to them. That's what happened last spring, but one person's paperwork got lost. And I don't know how, you know, that's, that's just kind of how this, this stuff goes. Um, So everything's in the same packet, but the VA says, oh, we don't have this person. Um, And so like we had, we had a student who I don't think he got BAH till towards the end, and he was really counting on that. Um, and so again, that's you know you just you can't count on it. You know everybody I think eventually gets it, but we cannot guarantee like you're going to get there and there's going to be a check waiting for you. It might be weeks until you get anything from the VA. So the best bet is to like have your ducks in a row, have a little bit of money saved up when you come here, so that you can you can um, you know just just take that worry out of the equation. Again, that's that's a lot of stress, and that's going to take away from from your focus and everything else during the course
0: definitely seen it happen numerous times where you know if there's a hiccup i mean it's a big the va is a big organization and and sometimes papers get lost in big organizations right and i've seen guys you know pulling their hair out frustration not wondering how or wondering how like the car insurance bill is going to get paid or if the wife at home is going to have access to cash to buy groceries and these are stressful real world things (laughs) that I guess the only way to avoid them is by planning ahead and having a bit
1: of savings so you're not worried about it. Life is not going to stop when you come to <laughs> us. The bills are going to keep coming. You're going to have to spend money every week. It's, uh, it's it's not a fairy tale up in Misardis. Yeah, well, it sort of is, It is. But... It is a fairy tale, yeah. but you still got to pay your bills. Yeah. The world keeps going, yeah. even though we're in the woods. Yeah. All right. What's uh, What else do we have? I think that 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 covers up our our um, VA side of things. Um, do you have anything else? Nope. Dealing with the VA, processing paperwork. Again, um, there's a ton of information on the website. And
0: when when problems do happen, say if you do matriculate, you're in Masarthis, you're on a course, and you're having trouble with the VA, we're there for you, right? We're there as your advocate. So we have um, we have a number that we can call as the uh, that's different than the number that the individual using yeah. the benefits can call, so keep us in the loop and yeah. you know we'll do everything that we can to help you but yeah. but ultimately it's kind of out of our hands. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean we won't try, so keep us in the loop on yeah. that and uh, but uh, yeah, planning ahead is is just your best bet with yeah. regards to all of that
1: and we have worked through some very interesting v a conundrums over the past few years, so don't be afraid to come uh come to us because it's pretty amazing what we've been able to make happen with the v a we over should write a few years. we should
0: write a little book like a little uh i think it'd be fun it is, fun reading for sure anyway so let's jump in and talk a little bit about so let's say okay, you've navigated that process of of using the v a you're in the uh, course. The benefits. You're on the course, and here's just a few things about the course that maybe are a little bit different than what you're used to or, or mm-hmm. maybe than what your expectations are. So the, the course culture, um, So there's an upward limit of 85%, no more than 85% of any course that the VA funds, and that could be a college course, it could be at Bob's beautician school, it could be at, you know, Charlie's... Uh, CPR shack, Charlie CPR shack, or maybe you're rebuilding transmissions. It doesn't matter if the VA is paying for a course, then there can be no more than 85% of the students on the course, um, funded by the VA, meaning there will always be some civilian students or people that don't have a military background. If it's funded by the VA, it'll never be a hundred percent, um, former military. Um, so, you know, sometimes we have higher, Uh, percentages of veterans on programs. sometimes it's lower Um, but you know first day people are talking kind of talking to one another looking to build those initial friendships and the people with a military background have that big huge thing in their in their past in common so they will often gravitate to one another
1: yeah Yeah, that that kind of instant connection you know and um, so what uh where are we at what we're getting at here is we, you know, the success of the course, so much of the success of the course and so much of people's experience is really based on the culture that we develop around camp, right? We're spending nine weeks together, you know, none of us know each other. Um, and so it's really, really important from day one, establishing a positive culture. And so what we've, what we've seen in the past is day one, everybody shows up, Right. And the veterans, you know, we have this, we, we know each other, we can see it. You know, I see a guy and I know, okay, I know this guy is, is in the military. Right. And we have that instant connection because we were both there. We both understand that world where we're coming from. Um, What happens a lot of times is we forget that there's also other people there who do not have that instant connection. And let's say there's, you know, we've had courses that were seven veterans and, and three civilians, Um, as the veterans, you know, again, I'm speaking from that perspective, you know, like we need to make sure that, uh, that we're not getting clicky, right. That it doesn't really quickly become the veterans and the non-veterans. Um, you know, we need to include everybody and, uh, and try to, to reach out and establish, establish those good relationships with everyone day one, um, Yeah, our goal as
0: instructors, as facilitators of the program, is to create an inclusive culture where everybody's welcome, right? And and when people get clicky, you know, imagine if we had on a course, oh, I don't know, maybe we had four guys who were all from Mississippi Mm -hmm. and everybody else was from somewhere besides Mississippi. So then you'd probably, the Mississippi guys, maybe they would always want to camp together and, and partner up on projects with one another. Um, and, you know, part of the the beauty of this program is interacting with people with vastly different backgrounds than your own. And some of the feedback that we get is that that has been a huge part of the success and the learning uh, that goes on is basically seeing the world through a different lens than perhaps the one you bring to the course. So when people get overly clicky, um, things of that nature, it it interferes with that aspect of the course. So,
1: yeah. And even within the the military um, culture at Jack Mountain, a lot of times, like we'll see the lines drawn like the Army guys will hang out with the Army guys, you know, the infantry guys will hang out with the infantry guys, and that's never. You know, like I get it again, like I understand that world. I'm in it. I understand it. But, you know, that that's never really led to like a super healthy group culture. You know, like clicks are going to form. It's a natural part of like the group process um, on a course like ours. Um, But, you know, if you if there's going to be clicks, let's make them like, hey, like the this is the group inside the course that really wants to jump on the woodworking stuff you know, this is the, the group in the the course that really wants to focus on plant studies. That's where we, where we want to see the, the lines kind of drawn on the course. That's, those are the people you should be, uh, uh, searching out. And so I think it's all about getting out of your comfort zone and, and meeting new people and stuff. But I think everybody knows what we're talking about there. Um, so other aspects of course culture.
0: Um, yeah, we have a, uh, at least as far as I can tell, a somewhat unique leadership style that uh, in running the course uh, in camp and on the trail when we're on expeditions, um, and it's often maybe the polar opposite of what folks with military backgrounds are used to. Yeah.
1: Could, could you speak to that a little bit? Absolutely, I can. Um, I think just to you know come right out and say it, we, we do not operate like a military unit, and there is no need for us to do that. Um, so it's interesting to see like a lot of, uh, like before we'll go on a trip and again, I'm speaking from experience here, all the military guys will, will all, um, kind of revert to that mindset, like, Ooh, patrols coming up. You know, we want, we want a frago. We want We want to know what's happening here. We want to, you know, what's the plan? What's all this stuff. Um, and I think a lot of frustration comes from, um, a lot of the veteran frustration will come from the fact that a lot of times the plan is so, um, loose, right? And so that's a struggle for guys because they're used to knowing what's the route, what are the times, what are the distances, what's the objective here? A lot of times the way we travel, it's like, hey, we're, we're going to get out on the trail and we're going to go kind of with the flow, right? And we're bound by certain factors that we can't control. Such for as... example, the weather. You know, we move with the weather. If it's a rainy, bad day, we're not going to move. We're going to stay in camp, um, uh, what else? I mean, if we get to an awesome campsite, we might just decide to change the whole plan and stay there for two days. Um, because it's an awesome campsite and the trout are biting. Um, and so swimming, good swimming, whatever, you know, like, um, the plan is loose and so much of it's, it's about either you, you have to choose to embrace the experience, I think, and not let the plan be the point. Um, we've got to be able to exist with a certain amount of uncertainty um, inside of how we're doing. And, and our leadership style again is, is going to be a little bit different. Um, so in the military, um, if there's a disagreement, if about the plan, if there's um, a disagreement between people, like what's the first thing we do, you know, as the enlisted guys, like we look at the squad leader, we look at the platoon leader and we say, Hey, what's the call here, make the decision, you know, and then nobody questions that decision. That's just not how, <laughs> how it works, um, with us, you know, um, we don't, you know, Tim and I, from a leadership perspective, we're not, it's, it's not about like absolute authority, right? Tim and I are not going to chew anybody out. We're not going to tell you exactly how things are. Um, again, we, we're, we're existing with a little bit of un, uncertainty. And, you know, from from my perspective is, is a 20 year old, eight year old, um, guy, there's a lot of people who come on these courses with way more life experience than me. You know, like if there's a disagreement or something like that, I'm not going to put someone who's like 50 with kids in time out and tell them what, how, how life is. Right. Um, it's just, it's, it's not going to work that way. Um,
0: which isn't to say that, you know, everything is always loosey goosey, but yeah. as part of the required reading, uh, before you come on the course, a great book to read the AMC guide to outdoor leadership. And there's a continuum in there with regards to making decisions as a group um, that has to do with how skilled and experienced the people are, if there's a time constraint, and if there's any real danger. So, if it's a bright, sunny day and we're trying to decide if we're going to stay in this camp or move on, there's no real danger. You know, nothing bad's going to happen regardless of what we decide. Things are often very democratic on a course, meaning we'll line everybody up and take a vote. You know, who wants to do what? Um, Whereas, say, if we're in a situation where there's significant whitewater, a class three uh, rapid through a canyon and there's about to be a lightning storm, you know, then there's no democracy. It's just about autocratic leadership because we want to get everybody through the danger and to a safe place as quickly as possible. And that doesn't happen when everybody's busy taking a vote, but things operate on that continuum. And, you know, I think it's important for guys to know that you're going to have some input into how this thing goes. Um,
1: and, uh, you know, the democratic process is what it is. Yeah. Military leadership is authoritarian. The guy in charge makes the call and nobody questions it. And it's just not going to be that way on the course. Right. And unless there is a dangerous situation or unless, I mean, neither of us are afraid to step in. Um, but it's not a military patrol. You know, we're, we're we're not dealing with that level of risk. So a lot of the decision making feels, I think, pretty loose to some of the military guys, which can be a point of of stress because um, people feel like, oh, this situation is not under control. Um, it is under control. You know, we've run a lot of programs lot of experience, you know we know the water we're on there's there's not a whole lot of 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 mystery about how things are gonna go for us um and so that's why I think it can feel feel loose or stressful for people but
0: yeah um yeah. What else do we have on our list here? We made a nice little alphabetized list of topics to address. Because, as you know, if you ever do any media, the second the camera or the microphone's rolling, you forget everything (laughs) you talked about before
1: before you started. Let's talk a little bit, um, again, this this comes into leadership style on the course. Um, Coming from a military background, um, anybody who is in the military... Um, we'll know that, um, most of our time is pretty micromanaged. People are telling us what to do, when to do it every single day for the entirety of our careers. Um, you know, people who stay in longer, or, um, that kind of thing. Maybe eventually you get into, uh, a position where, where you're making a lot of those calls. Um, but ultimately everyone's time is pretty, pretty on lock. It's not just like, Hey, let's, uh, hang out and, uh, enjoy the day, um, so while Almost, you're, all those recruitment
0: videos lied,
1: yeah, yeah, no, it's mostly just hanging out and, and having a good time in the military. That's all it is. But uh, I saw no, this
0: documentary called Stripes with a guy who looked a lot like Bill Murray. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: that was an interesting one, <laughs> really accurate representation. Um, but yeah, so what we're getting at here is no one's going to micromanage your time while we're at the field school. So, what does that mean? Um, everything is pretty, I mean, we're, we're making decisions based on what people want to do. You know, we'll ask people within reason, you know, what time do you want to get together in the morning? So we'll say eight o'clock or something like that. And, uh, that's pretty much the only thing that's going to be known every single day. Right. Because again, we're existing with a lot of unknowns, um, every single day, a lot of t- you know, Tim and I, um, our schedule is in the morning we get together and pretty much that morning we're dec- we're deciding based on the weather and based on energy levels and based on, what's happening during that time of the year, what we're going to do for that day, right? The whole course is not mapped out. We've got a general outline of what we want to cover and when we want to cover it, but every day is unique. Every day presents new challenges and new opportunities for different types of learning. Um, And so we're going with the flow. a lot of times too, we'll end the day pretty early. Maybe we go from eight o'clock to three 30 or four. Um, and the reason we do that is because people need time to take care of life stuff. Right. And that's the part of the course that is not going to be micromanaged at all. And that is really, really important for, for your success um, on the program. You're going to need to cook for yourself every day. You're going to need to do your laundry. You're going to need to like maybe exercise a little bit and take care of your body, stretch, whatever. Um, maybe take some time to read or just like, you know, that, that mental emotional part, you know, maybe you need a break from every um, everybody, maybe you're taking a sit spot. Um, those are the kind of things that we leave time for in the day. Um, because if we just started class at seven and went to seven o'clock at night, just cramming information into everyone's head, you have no time to live. And ultimately like, this is a wilderness living program. You need time to take care of stuff during the day and we're not going to micromanage that. Um, So you need to be self-motivated. You need to be prepared to like take the initiative on stuff and like map out your own um, plan for learning and stuff. Tim and I were, you know, maybe it's accurate to say the leadership style is like facilitators. We're going to facilitate your learning, but ultimately we can't do it for you. If you choose not to, study plants I can't teach you everything you need to know about plants right there's a certain amount of information that we can give you and then the rest is dirt time and that dirt time is going to be on your own time you need to do it right I will teach you where to find materials for bow drill fire I will teach you how to use a knife and how to carve those materials into something that's going to work and you know we'll teach you tricks about you know all these little tiny little nuances I'll give you that but if you're not going to take it upon yourself to practice a bow drill every single night in that free time, there's nothing else I can do for you, right? There's only a small amount of, of information I can give you, and then the rest is you've, you've got to plan that out. And, again, I think that's um, – for guys coming from the military, we're not really used to that. We're used to people, like, lining the day up for us, and especially when it comes to the training, there's no mystery. You know, like, it's all – about like where we're going to be at this time and what's going to happen at that time and what is the intended learning outcome and what is, you know, the objective here and all that. And it's a bit more ambiguous on our course. Is that fair to say? I think so. Yeah. Um, yeah, because everybody's going to show up for a different reason. Your goals are going to be different than everyone else's. And so, you know, a lot of what we do in the first weeks, you know, um, like this spring, I was just talking to guys and helping them put together like personal plans for their own study. Um, and so, again, you know, I don't, don't want to beat this to death, but the point is that um, we're not going to micromanage your time, you know, and I think that's, that can oft, often be a new thing um, for the military guys.
0: Yeah, the path to success on our course and probably a lot of other educational endeavors is through self-motivation. You know, we can show you, teach you, do this and that, but, you know, if you want to get really good at something and master it, that's going to be on you because it'll all, it's always on you, you know, mm-hmm. in, in that respect. Sure. So I think that, has that pretty, come pretty close to wrapping it up? Yeah, more or less. Um And then, you know, maybe we'll revisit this topic in the future as, <laughs> as we have more interesting experiences with uh. the VA and new and interesting uh things crop up um but just in closing you know i think we said we've been working with veterans on the gi bill for about six years now and and have had a really fun time doing it and and those guys bring a lot to the course with their life experience and um and we hope to be working with them for at least six 12 more years you know it's for sure it's a really good thing but So thank you very much again for listening, and we'll come back at you again with another one pretty soon. Take care.